0: Let's open our Bibles. First Thessalonians chapter five, or f- excuse me, First John chapter five. It's going to be one of those days, I think. First John chapter five. We talked last time about the testimony of God, and, and what did God say? First John chapter five, verse look at verses 11 and 12. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It doesn't get any more plain, any any more simple than that. And one of the things that I know about Lynn uh, uh, is that she had this rock-solid, simple faith in Jesus. And what more can we have than that? That's taking God at his word. God has spoken. The God who never lies. The God who cannot lie. The, it's impossible for him to lie, the word of God says. Yet, we don't believe him and, and, and we believe people. Like it doesn't even make sense, Right? We'll believe what someone else says, and and half the time it's just gossip, or it's just not even true, or whatever, and half, it's about 50-50, right? What people tell you, 50% true, 50% maybe, maybe true, maybe not true, but with God, it's 100%. Everything he says is true. So who are we going to believe? It says there that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. This is the testimony that God has given to us about His Son. That He's given us the eternal life. And, and this is life, you know, is there anything greater than this eternal life? This gift that He has given to us? Any, any other gift that you get on your birthday? Did you get anything better than that yesterday? Got what? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me get my violin out. <laughs> It's coming. It's in the mail. Yeah He's serious, you know. No, he's not. He got cards. He got something. But is there anything greater than eternal life? That that this life that God has given to us that goes on forever and ever. This fullness of life, the life abundantly here and now, but not just here and now, into eternity. Life that will never ever end, from the Giver of life, the one who created life, life on the very highest plane. So the question is, you know, looking at this testimony of God, have we received that? Eternal life. He's given it to us, but we have to receive it. It's like a gift that sit, sits under the Christmas tree. If you don't ever go and actually open it up, it's not yours yet. It's, it's got your name on it, it's there. But if you haven't, if you haven't opened it, <clears throat> I want you to turn, keep your, keep your uh, finger in 1 John chapter 5, but I want you to turn back to John chapter 10, the Gospel of John. We've been been listening to John's gospel and John's epistles for a long time now. But uh, John chapter 10 and verse 27, notice what he says there. In 1 John, uh, it says, God has given us eternal life. And again, I talked a little bit about the Trinity, how it's kind of like woven through the whole of the Old and the New Testaments, even back in Genesis 1-1. But look at chapter 10 of John, verse 27. It says, My sheep, Jesus is speaking, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Isn't that amazing? But he says, I give them eternal life to his sheep. And so are we one of his sheep? And if we are, it's something that he gives us and it's secure. It's not something we earn. It's not something we continue to earn. If we, you know, if we live like this or do this or do that, then it's ours forever. No, it's secure. It's, it's something that he's given to us. We will never perish, he says. I give them eternal life. So it's this question about, do you have it? But the, the second question is, do you know it? Going back to 1 John chapter 5 in verse 13 is our verse for today. <clears throat> John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you have it and do you know it? And John says, I'm writing these things to you. We call that Assurance. Assurance. Now, thinking about this is, this, is this assurance that we're talking about here, is it, how do we know? Is it just like this feeling? Well, I got this feeling. Is that, is that what it is all about? You all know, you, you've all heard, most of you, of Jay Vernon McGee. And he, he defines it like this. He says, a knowledge, a certainty, and an, an assurance concerning one's personal relationship to God regarding one's salvation. A certainty and knowledge that you know. But he went on to say, where where I read this, he went on to say that for years he said, my soul was tossed on the sea of uncertainty and insecurity. Now who would have thought that about J. Vernon McGee, right? I mean, the guy is like rock solid. But he struggled with it. He, 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 you know, had to Work through this, and, and the truth is, and I and I and I've seen it, probably experienced it to one level or another. That, that most of us we have times where we struggle. Now some people are like way way struggling, like they they just don't, they they just can't seem to come to that place where they know. And it's it's very hard. It's very hard to watch. And 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 uh, Jude said. <clears throat> Jude said this, if I can find it here in my notes. I'm going to talk about it later. He said this. I told you this was going to be one of those days. He said, be merciful to those who doubt. Be merciful. We're not all the same. We're all different. We all struggle with different things in different ways and different levels But John says here, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know. So that you may know that you have eternal life. Again, it's not just some kind of, you know, feeling that you have. There was a man named Thomas Brooks from the 1600s. He said this, assurance is the believer's ark where he sits. Noah-like. Quiet and still. Still. In the midst of all distractions and destructions, commotions and confusions. This is, he's making this analogy of Noah you know, sitting in the ark. You know, despite everything that's going on around him, the, you know, the, the flooding and all the storm and the, the rain and everything. He said he's, he's sitting there and he, he, he's being still before God. Because God has done something. God has rescued him. God has saved him and his family. But Thomas Brooks goes on to say, however, most Christians live between fears and hopes. This is real. We struggle. We're human. We're human, and so we go back and forth. And so John is is making a point here. This is important. And I'm writing these things to you so that you may know. Why? Because sometimes we get pushed around. We get shoved around. We get, you know, tossed like a... Boat on the sea. We just read it, though. Jesus said, I give them my sheep. I give them eternal life. They'll never perish. So if you're one of his sheep, it's yours, and you're his forever and ever and ever. Now, thinking about this, uh, there there are kind of two sides to this. There's the objective kind of reality of it. Right? The objective truth, you stand back and look at it, and there's also what? The subjective, where you do it does kind of, you know, how you understand it, how you feel, and, and these things, you know, we're 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 not just, you know, brains. We we've got feelings, we got, you know, we're, you know, body, soul, and spirit. And so we kind of deal with that. So but but John says this here, I write these things to you, and, and both of those things I think are important, the objective facts independent of feelings and the subjective experience, this inner confidence that, that we can have. They're both important. But John says here in this verse, he says, I write these uh, things to you so who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know. The, I think what, what we have to understand is the number one thing in this whole concept of assurance is what? Pardon? No. What does he say? The first thing he says here: "I write these things to you." The first thing is the Word of God. What is written for us in the Scriptures? That's number one. That's number one that we hold on to. That we that we base what we believe, base what we feel, base everything upon, is what God says in His words. Now, these aren't just the words of John, are they? This is the word of God that we have here in front of us. And, and we've done studies before about, you know, how do we know this is the word of God and, 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 and how it came together and, and that God is speaking by his word, that, that this is the inspired word of God. Peter says, you know, they didn't, they didn't just speak out of their own minds. They were moved along by the Holy Spirit. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these things. So we have this, and this is you know, a scripture here. He says, I'm writing these things to you, and we, we see it now. And so John is saying, you need to hold on to this, what, what, what God has said, the testimony of God, that, that God has given us eternal life. The life is in his Son. How do you know? The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know. The Bible tells me so. I am a child of God. I've been given eternal life. How do I know that? Because I live a perfect life now? Because I am an American? Because I go to Calvary Chapel? No, it's because the Bible tells me so. This is what it says. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. If you have the Son of God in your life, you have it. And so we need to hold on to what the Bible says. That's why, that's why we study the Bible. That's why we memorize it. For God so loved the world. What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, right? That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. That's the Bible. You can take that to the bank. You can hold on to it. Acts chapter 2, and it's repeated in Romans chapter 10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, this is, this is where our assurance comes from. It doesn't come from, you know, just what we feel. Now, we're, we're in a battle, and the, the, the devil comes along, right? And he says, you know what? You're not saved. You don't have eternal life. Look at you. And he'll put a mirror, a mirror up to you and, and he'll say, you know, look at look what you did yesterday. Look at what you just did. Look at who you are. Look, look, look. And so he wants to what? He wants to beat us down. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He wants to beat us down. And, and, and uh, his native language is what? Lies. But he's always there throwing this stuff at us. But when you think about it, and he might even throw some scripture in there too, by the way. He'll twist it up a little bit. Just enough. Just enough scripture to to be dangerous, but, but he'll throw those lies in there and twist them all up. But when you think about Jesus, when he fought the devil, what did he do? How did he fight him? With the word of God, exactly. The devil would throw this out and he'd throw even some scripture and twist it around. And, and, and Jesus say, wait. The Bible says, the word of God says, God has said. And so you and I need to know that. Well, what has God said? God says this. If you believe in the name of the Son of God, you have eternal life. Doesn't matter what you feel. We read, uh, Chris picked a great song, you know, promise, doesn't matter what I feel, doesn't matter what I see, my hope will always be in your promises to me. One man said this, one's assurance rests on the testimony of God. That's what our assurance rests on. Warren Wearsby says it's not a matter of, take, of, of working up a religious emotion, but simply a matter of taking God at His word. Taking God at His word. This is, period. This is it. The scripture says, I have eternal life because I have the Son of God, period. That's it. You can quote that back to the devil. I don't encourage, you know, discussions with the devil, but sometimes you have to just say, listen, this is what the Bible says, now get out of here. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the truth. For all who would believe in the name of the Son of God... The testimony of God, we've been seeing this in this passage, is about His Son. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way. Salvation isn't found in any other name except the name of Jesus. This is the way. This is for you and I. For all who believe in the name of the Son of God. Who have put our faith in Him. Who have entrusted ourselves to Him. Have you done that? If you're not sure, then just do it today. And trust yourself, trust him, believe in him, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead, conquering death. And eternal life is yours. He's written these things so that we would know. That word know there literally means to see. That we would really see it not physically, but with our mind's eye, and with our heart, with our spirit, we would see that God has given us eternal life and it's, and it's in His Son. If you have the Son of God, you have life. Eternal life. So number one, the Word of God, the Scriptures. You want to have Assurance. You know, people wander around, well, you know, I just don't know, I just don't know. Well, have you opened your Bible lately? Well, no, because I just don't know. And, and, and we you kind of run around in that circle, well, where's your Bible? Well, I don't know. Well, no wonder you don't know. About, you don't know anything because you haven't opened your Bible. Get back to the Word of God. How are you going to know? Because the Bible tells me so. The Scripture says it. Secondly, the Spirit of God, I think, is, is also part of this uh, assurance. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit, who, who God has given us to live within us, he testifies, he, he testifies that we are truly God's children, that we do have eternal life. It's a spiritual thing, and the Holy Spirit is there. So we have the Word of God, we have the Spirit of God. David Guzik said, we can only know this if our salvation rests in Jesus and not in our own performance. If it depends on me, he says, then on a good day I'm saved. And on a bad day, I don't really know. But if it depends on what Jesus has done for me, then I can know. And the Holy Spirit will remind us. The Holy Spirit brings back to us what Jesus has said. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. He said, these are written so that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, backing up maybe just a little bit, it's important to know, and, and I've already asked you this question numerous times. Do you truly belong to Him? Do you... Truly have him in your life. Have you surrendered to Jesus? Now I don't say that to 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 cause you to doubt and say, well, now you have to gotta to get back on this merry-go-round, you know, going around and around about am I saved? Am I not saved? Do I have eternal life? Do I not have eternal life? But you do have to answer that question. Because if you haven't answered the question, then you then you really have no basis to know. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13, he said, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? So it gets back to this idea of having Jesus in our hearts and lives. But we need to you know, examine ourselves, test whether we are truly in the faith or not. I'm not trying to create doubts by asking these questions. It, it, it's, a, it's a terrible thing, and, and uh, it's kind of uh happening now in the church, but it's been happening. There's nothing new under the sun, Solomon said. But but you know, that we have this thing called progressive Christianity. How many of you have heard of progressive Christianity? It's kind of like progressive politics, it's sick. But but it basically, the, the whole idea of this uh, progressive Christianity is, is they almost celebrate doubt. They embrace doubt. And, and, and I think, yes, we, we, we need to uh, deal with our doubts. And, 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 and how do you dispel the doubts? Where do you find the answers? Well, you go back to the book and you find the answers that are here. But, but with this thing, and, and uh, you know, deconstructionism is kind of a term that's thrown about now too, they don't go back to the scripture. As a matter of fact, they go away from the scripture and they go to what they think and feel. And, and they'll look around and they'll say, well, this, that, can't be, that can't be true about the Bible because of this and, and what I think and, and what culturally is happening, and so we're going to base everything on the culture. God help us when we start to do that. It's not good. We need to go back to the Bible. I think that was the name of Warren Wiersbe's program, wasn't it? Way back, back to the Bible. I talked to him one time, did I tell you that? I called him up. He's in heaven now, though. Don't try to call him. John said, well, let's turn, turn there, back to the Gospel of John again. <clears throat> I, hope, I hope this is making sense to you. This idea of assurance, is, it's important. And God wants you to be assured. God wants you to have that knowing in your hearts that you belong to Him, that you have eternal life. John chapter 20 and verse 31. Let's start in verse 30. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written. These are written, what? That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's just what he said in 1 John, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I write these things to you. He says, these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life, you may have eternal life in his name. Look back to John chapter 5. 15 chapters back. John chapter 5, verse 24. This is what Jesus says about it. John 5, 24. I tell you the truth. And he will always tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. He's crossed over from death to life. You've made that transition from death to life. And, And how does it happen? He says, you hear the word of Jesus. You believe him. You believe in God who sent his son. And you have now received eternal life. And you will not be condemned. You'll never perish. We read it in John chapter 10. He who hears the word and believes. I write these things to you back in John, 1 John chapter 5. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. That's what he wants for us. We're going to struggle and we do have struggles and, and trials and 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 perhaps you know crises in our in our in our walk of faith, but I want to encourage you: when that happens, don't let the enemy push you away from the Scripture, but 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 run to it, because that's where the assurance is going to come from. That's where the answers are going to come from. This whole weird you know deconstruction and uh, you know there are some that have gone through that process and and are now coming back. And they're reconstructing. But the only way that you can truly reconstruct is through the Word of God. The truth of the matter is most that go down that path, they become atheists. They walk away. They do not come back. They walk away. This is is just an avenue to walk away from God. And it's horrendous. It's horrible. It's sad. You've, you've seen it probably in the, you know, Christian headlines. You know, so-and-so who was this musician or whatever and now has walked away from the faith. This preacher has now, you know, is denying the the scripture as the word of God. You, you've got to hold on to the word and that's why we teach the word. That's why we believe the word. We hold on to the word of God and we encourage you to get into the word for yourself. I, you know how do you know what God said unless you know what God's word says? I could get up here and say, you know, God told me that and go on about, you know, something weird or whatever. And maybe you like me. Maybe you don't. But if you like me, you'll say, well... But if you know what God's word says and it's something weird... I don't care if you like me or not. Who are you going to trust and believe? Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Verily, verily, I tell you the truth. Go back to him. I don't care if it's me or any other man or woman who gets up to teach and say any weird things. You've got to throw it out. Get rid of it. Because that's, that's, that's how these things happen. One final scripture. Let's close with this Hebrews chapter 10. So you got to turn back just a little bit. James, Peter, John, and Hebrews is right before James. So Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to close with these verses. Talking about assurance. But there's a lot of a lot of stuff there, but we're not going to look at all of it. But let's read verses 19 and following. He says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is His body, the body of Jesus, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Jesus, Look what he says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Why? How? Because of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, because the body, the cross of Jesus Christ, the great high priest, Jesus, our great high priest. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promises faithful. Hold on to that. Hold on to the word of God. The hope that we profess. Why? Because he's faithful. Not because we are. Someone said this. Very few things in this world we can be sure about, like tomorrow. But right now, you and I can be absolutely sure, if we believe in Jesus, that we have eternal life. Paul says it. He says, yet I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that He is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. Jesus, I know him. And I'm trusting in him. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's going to take me home. He's doing a work in me. There's still a lot of work yet to be done. But he who began a good work in you will what? Bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So he's doing a work in you. He's doing a work in me. And it gets kind of messy sometimes, doesn't it? But our salvation is secure and strong. It's based on Jesus and Jesus only. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, you gave us a testimony about your Son. You told us. It was your plan and purpose that we could trust in your son Jesus and that we would receive eternal life simply by trusting in him and believing in him. Not by uh, living a good life, not by doing good works, not by anything else, but by the grace of God, your grace, your awesome, incredible, amazing grace. Father, I pray for each one of us that as we walk this life, as we walk in this world, that you would encourage us by your word, by by your Holy Spirit that we belong to you and and nothing can take us out of your hand, nothing can shake us out of your family. Maybe there are some that are struggling here today and I pray, I pray, Father, you would just encourage them by your Holy Spirit that you love them so much and, and that will never change. And though life is difficult, you will walk with with them through even the valley of the shadow of death and that we need not fear any evil because you're with us Father I pray too for any maybe that that, that haven't settled this question maybe once and for all you need to say I, I, I want Jesus in my life and you can pray right now and say Jesus please I'm lost I'm I want to know what happens when I die, and I want eternal life. And so I ask you in into my heart, to my life, and I believe in you today. And Jesus, bless your people today. We pray for those that couldn't be here with us today, John and Connie. We think of them, Lord. Bless them. Pray for Lynn's mom. The changes that she's going to face, Lord, we pray for her. Just lead her and and provide for her in a in, in a good way, Lord. Father, we pray for our young people. I just pray that you would encourage them and in their hearts and lives to continue to walk with you and follow you and to serve you no matter what this world throws at them. Father, thank you for this fellowship that we have, this family. I pray you'd watch over us, protect us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and sing together, shall we? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine.